0: Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. To those of you who are Season 1 listeners, welcome back. And to those of you who are new to my podcast, welcome to Season 2 of the Pregnancy Wellness Podcast, hosted by me, Pip. I'm a practicing midwife and enthusiast of all things women's wellness, especially when it comes to pregnancy and motherhood. Do you find yourself with lots of pregnancy questions unanswered? Do you feel that extra midwifery support would be useful to you? Do you fully understand how to enhance your pregnancy wellness? You are in good hands. This podcast is for you. Alongside this, I have also been busy creating a 12-month pregnancy journey support group and course to provide you with a whole package of expert wellness and pregnancy information to guide you every step of the way, leaving no stone unturned from trimester 1 right through to trimester 4. And I'm now enrolling expectant mums in their first trimester. Spaces will be limited, so if you think this sounds like you, get in touch through my social media or at midwifepip.com. Over the upcoming 15 episodes, I'm excited to be chatting with expert guests and real women on this season to bring you honest, evidence based information and top tips to navigating your pregnancy wellness journey. I hope these episodes. Leave you feeling positive and empowered. And don't forget for more support and birth preparation to check out my website midwifepip.com for your free birth preference plan download. I hope that you are sat comfortably and ready for the midwife chats and knowledge bombs to commence. There are so many birth stories to be read, but the power of listening to and reading positive and empowering birth stories as you prepare your mind and body to meet your little one, is incredible. Birth really is a whole body experience that requires as much, if not more, psychological preparation as it does physical. And your birth is not merely one day. It's an experience that stays with you forever. So preparing is really important to having a positive experience, regardless of the twists and turns that may crop up. There is no right or wrong way to birth. Hospital birth, home birth, water birth, epidural birth, an induced birth, vaginal birth, forceps birth, or cesarean birth. They can all be empowering and truly positive experiences. I am so honored to be joined by the lovely Em today to chat about her birth experience. Em is a personal trainer and founder of Surrey Studio, at The Barn KT9, Em specialises in pre and postnatal training and is passionate about making sure women feel strong throughout their pregnancy and beyond. In the past year Em has experienced what it feels like herself as she gave birth to her daughter Olive in November 2020. Em and all of her brilliant exercise motivation as well as her pregnancy and postpartum journey can be found on her Instagram page at on underscore point underscore training and is also linked in this episode bio. So welcome Anne and thank you so much for taking time to join us today despite having a little olive and a business to look after. (laughs) Thanks for having me, how are you? (laughs) Yeah well thank you, well It's a a strange world that we are navigating at the moment, and I'm sure you're feeling the impact of that as a brand new mum, especially a first-time mum, I think, it's harder.
1: Yeah, it's not quite the maternity leave I uh, expected, or yeah, early stages, but um, hey-ho, that's just the kind of time we're in at the moment, isn't it?
0: definitely and I feel like I've hugely taken advantage of that end so that because you can't be out training all your wonderful mums I've stolen you for an hour to chat about your experience so COVID's helped me in that way I suppose
1: yeah and I think there are only so many walks I can go on with Olive so um, yeah I'm happy to be doing something different
0: yeah brilliant well it's lovely to chat to you now and your pregnancy was probably largely during lockdown, whether it was one, two, or three, I suppose. And um, how was that for you? How did you How did you manage? Oh, uh, I think that's what sums it up. Um, I actually found out I was pregnant the day
1: before the first lockdown, so oh, wow. I've been yeah, pregnant the whole time. Well, pregnant the whole time and had a baby the whole time. Um, yeah, it's it was an interesting time and. It was, it was good in the sense that you could keep it quiet so you didn't have to pretend you were drinking gin without, well, uh, tonic without the gin um, <laughs> on, like, Zoom calls and what felt like a massive bump, even though it really wasn't very big at that stage. I mean, I don't think I showed until about 30 weeks, but hiding that behind the computer screen was good. Um, but, again, like, it was, it was hard because we didn't really see anyone. So I think across the whole of my pregnancy, I saw my parents, my sister twice, which is quite tough really. Um, And then since olive has been born, they've seen her when she was six days old. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think because of everything going on, I am not seeing friends and family and kind of celebrating the fact you're pregnant because you didn't feel like it was validated. so you didn't have like the whole celebration and I think you kind of my my whole attitude was just to kind of like keep calm and carry on and like the whole British sense um because that was kind of the nation's vibe so I just threw myself into my work which was great because we got so much done um here because <laughs> we, we moved here in December 2018 no, 2019 even trying to think of the years now and um, there's like lots of projects going on here which is really exciting but once kind of that home straight hit I kind of felt really guilty that I'd kind of had like almost felt like a secret pregnancy and that I hadn't really given it enough thought or really enjoyed it and um, so yeah it was kind of kind of hard but then I guess how can you enjoy a pregnancy lockdown really?
0: It's hard isn't it because I think when we imagine kind of maternity leave in that prenatal period you kind of think of yourself going for coffee mornings with other mums and mm. browsing the shops with this extra time that you wouldn't have otherwise had and yeah. so I definitely feel like if I was you I would feel like that was kind of stolen from me a little bit that kind of experience um and hopefully I mean let's hope that after this lockdown 3.0 you might be able to start embracing a little bit of that when you can and taking some of it back
1: Yeah, I was really, I had all big, big hopes of my return leave because as soon as 2021 hits, life's going to be back to normal, right? No. Um, I'm really lucky because the class that I teach here, the prenatal class that I taught at the barn, which is literally right outside my house, um, met a group of lovely ladies. All our babies were due within three weeks of each other or born within three weeks of each other. So we're all really close and I had high hopes of just being able to walk across the road and go to the go to like my postnatal class because I had someone taking classes while I was off but obviously that's not happening but I cannot wait to not be walking in drizzly rain and to sit inside a cafe having brunch and chatting to people um, but then I guess the positive is at least we're all staying fit and active and getting all our fresh air but um, no, I just cannot wait to go to like baby sensory classes. I think we tried like a baby massage the other day online, which was, which was interesting, but um, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's all those nice things, isn't it, that especially as a 1st home mum are really important, and mm. you need that support networks. So that's amazing that you've got people around you, and I know lots of people are reaching out for kind of virtual support networks as well, if they haven't got people in their kind of Immediate community, but it's yeah definitely different challenges to navigate that we probably couldn't have anticipated. Yeah,
1: it's been it's been interesting, but no, you know what? I think I'm so grateful that I've also got friends that have had babies. There's quite a few of us around similar time, and if I didn't have those people, I don't know how I'd cope. Like it is like having a baby is isolating in itself. Like let alone in a in a like a national lockdown, it's
0: really hard. Definitely, definitely. Now, Em, I know from watching you do all of your amazing exercise and um, preparations on Instagram and your kind of active, healthy lifestyle, that a physical exercise really is a part of part of you, isn't it? It's, it's ingrained in your kind of DNA, I suppose. Yeah. And I know you did that throughout pregnancy, regardless of kind of lockdowns, you adapted and, and found new ways. And do you think that kind of helped you prepare kind of physically or even psychologically for your, the birth that you had?
1: Yeah. I mean, firstly, it helped me stay sane. I think (laughs) it was like time for me. And also throughout pregnancy, it kind of kept, helped keep, can't get my words out these days, helped keep all those um, aches and pains at bay because with pregnancy, lower back pain creeps in and hip pain and, pelvic girdle pain and all those wonderful things <laughs> so exercise help keep that mostly at bay um but also like I think at the end of the day birth is a very physical event it's probably like the hardest thing your body can can yeah. do um regardless of what type of birth you have um it kind of involves stepping out of those comfort zones and also if you're in for a long birth it's quite a long endurance event really and um, so exercise kind of helps you I think it kind of helped me mentally kind of think right this is going to be tough and it helped keep my body strong to be able to to deal with that um because you hear all these stories of people going and going and going and then it just gets to the point where they're just too tired to push so I think it just helps you at that point and also um I think because a lot of my work is done with Core and pelvic floor, like although well, it's lots of strength training. It's all like that. how we're well, thinking about the core and pelvic floor as well through the exercise, and um I think knowing how to relax that and then also having a stronger deep core, I think may have helped push all of out. I mean, the ins and outs of births I'm not like too glued up on, but I'm guessing like having a yeah, that just helped get the contractions get all about because she her head was born and then suddenly her her body came in that same big contraction so
0: yeah <laughs> amazing it's such a good point em i think we really underestimate how much of an endurance and demand on your body labor and birth are and i always yeah. say to women that birth is literally like for a marathon and maybe yeah. this is because i'm a runner but in my head i think you wouldn't sign up for a marathon and then think right for the next nine months i'm gonna put my feet up and, eat, and drink tea and eat cake and i'm not saying that tea and a bad thing. i'm mm. a big animal. But we've got this nine-month preparation to try and get our bodies functioning in a way that's going to support that journey. And it's so valuable. And I know we spoke before a little bit about how, once you've got a baby, you've got to lift this, um, this sort of weight of your baby. And they're not going to help you. So you've got that. You've got toys to pick up off the floor. You've got like prams and carry pots that are the most rubbish design ever for your body, aren't they? You're always picking up with one hand or pushing yeah. something so preparing in that way is really important
1: too exactly um I think yeah through motherhood you're picking up a growing dumbbell like if you replace I mean Oliver's now four and a half kilos I think and like if you're just carrying a four and a half kilo dumbbell around especially mostly on like on your front the whole time you're rounding to like feed her it's a lot for your back and your chest gets really tight so just kind of being a bit more aware about posture or exercise throughout pregnancy will help with your posture postpartum as well so um yeah that's that's really handy as well um but also like just going back to being active in pregnancy like one thing i really wanted was an active pre- active labor um i always thought about bringing my trx know, those like suspension things so like if i was like going to like squat i had like support if i needed it but um I was lucky enough to have my water bath, which was good. And then, yeah, I guess it's just mentally as well, because like, if you feel strong physically, you kind of feel a bit more strong mentally, you feel a bit more resilient and able to, to deal with whatever. Plus you also get to, a lot of my clients are pre and postnatal as well. So
0: got to chat to them while training them, so yeah. That's so true, isn't it? Our mind and body are so connected. And I think mm-hmm. having that knowledge about how, actual, how strong and functional your body is definitely helps you, I think, to trust it through that yeah. labour and birth process. How did you kind of feel during your pregnancy and knowing that your body was kind of strong and capable? I think because
1: I've seen so many clients go through it, I was like, this is fine, this is normal, this is what happens. Like up until probably about 28 weeks and then as soon as I hit the third trimester, I was like, this baby's got to get out of my body somehow. <laughs> and you're suddenly like, oh my God, this is, this is so unnerving. You get really, really... It was actually quite scary because you're like, no, no, this is going to happen. So um, I, because it's such an unknown if you've not done it before. Um, so I did a positive birth company, their hypnobirthing and we watched it and I was like, great, that's how birth works. Um, but then I, everyone was like, oh yeah, have you been practicing? And I was like, what are you meant to practice? And I realised it's all the breathing. I was like, okay, cool, <laughs> um, that's great. And then, So I just take myself, for walks and listen to the positive affirmations which really helped me kind of get into the headspace being like okay no these are all things that other people feel these and these are meant to me think help me think that it's actually okay um but also understanding how the body gives birth and the way it works really really helped me kind of get it clear in my head so although it gets really uncomfortable you're like no the this is what the body is meant to do I think There were two points in the final two weeks of pregnancy where I thought I was in labour because suddenly my braxton hicks went up a level and I had back pain and I was like, oh God, and then I was like, no, 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 it's not, you'll know when it's coming. And then when it did come, I didn't really (laughs) realise.
0: Brilliant, brilliant that's such a good point though about when you understand the process of your body it's Mm. less scary And when it's less scary it's less painful and I'm so passionate about us kind of bridging that gap for women because it's so empowering isn't it to know there's these incredible changes that your body's making and ways you can support it and I try to think of like us having two types of pain in life we've got that pathological scary pain that is when you like break your leg or I don't know you you fall over and actually hurt yourself (laughs) and then you've got this physiological pain that is labour and birth and actually it's normal and it's not because there's a problem or we need to run away and be scared of it it's something that we can try and embrace if we can.
1: Yeah and I think that kind of goes back to exercise as well because in order to progress you have to push yourself out of those comfort zones so things will get uncomfortable if you want to progress because you're pushing for like a like if you're squatting like a heavier weight. And yeah, so you kind of have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Definitely,
0: definitely. And labor's a little bit like interval training in a way, isn't it? Because your contraction will last a minute <laughs> and then you have a gap. So it's just just like doing your home workout, really. <laughs>
1: yeah. Except it's so weird because look, as soon as the contraction goes you feel perfectly normal
0: yeah and then suddenly it
1: comes again and you're like how can you go from zero to 100 back down to zero again
0: <laughs> oh it is amazing so um I know everyone listening really wants to hear how your birth went so please tell us in your words kind of your story
1: well I think I might as well start so Olive was born bang on a due date but um I going back to 38 weeks, I was due, I had a growth scan and um she showed up with a quite a large tummy. So they were like, Oh, she looks like she's on the 98th centile. So I got referred to a consultant the following week. He's like, we're gonna have to induce you on your due date. Don't you going over? Because there'll be a chance that the head will be born and the shoulders will get stuck, and he's telling me all about induction. And I got very, very nervous because the way he explained it, I was like, oh God, this sounds awful if it doesn't go to plan. Um so I had a lovely week of worrying and he like checked he um, gave me a sweep and checked my cervix I was like no nope, still really high one century dilated probably gonna, it's gonna go to that induction so I was like okay great woohoo. <laughs> um, so that was on the Friday before she was born and uh, well like a week before and then um fast forward a week later after lots of oh, is this coming? No, I completely thought, right, let's just get on with life. She's not coming. I'm going to get induced. And then on the Thursday morning, I woke up needing a wee at 2am. And for the whole pregnancy, I've been really, really lucky to not have to go to the loo in the middle of the night. Don't know how, don't know why. But I was like, this is weird. And I had a bit of back pain. And it happened before. And I knew that was part of labour, but I've had it previously. And I was like, no, it's just fake contractions again just getting my hopes up so i wake up in the morning and then i went to the loo and i realized i would lost my mucus plug and i was like oh that's, that's 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 new so um and then thought no probably going to get induced tomorrow and um then throughout the day i noticed like this back pain like coming and going like every now and again and then it got more and more frequent so i was like right had the fray up so started tracking them about half in the afternoon i thought right and then i realized oh god this is actually me going into labor but I was like, okay um and then one of my friends was like oh i need to chat to you it's been ages so i had a I had a video call with her at like six o'clock up that evening <laughs> sat there in my birth ball bouncing for down and was, she's my best friend and i was like how are you? I was like, I think I'm in labour. She's like, what? And then I was going through contraction. I was like, because talking through the first few, and then it got to a point where I was like, I'm going to have to go, can't talk. And, um, and then, yeah, they were coming like every 10 minutes, come like seven o'clock and getting a lot more stronger, a lot more strong even. And so I was like, right, I'm going to have a shower, wash my hair. So that's all done. Um, And then we just watched four weddings and a funeral. This was me bouncing around on my ball. Um, and then it kind of got to like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, I swear these are, I need to go to hospital now. These are like every three and a half minutes or so. Um, so we called triage and said, uh, no, no, your wife's still talking. No, no, it's not time to come in yet. Go back, try and get some sleep. And I was like, what? This is over, right? And then, um, went to bed, woke up at one, had like two hours sleep and then lay there and I said, like, it's getting quite painful now, or quite uncomfortable even. And then um, I lay there just reading positive affirmations on like the Positive Birth Company Instagram page, just being like, I'm not gonna wake my husband up because this is not time. And then it got to like 2 a.m. I was like, how do I wake him up? Put the uh, TENS machine on and then I was just walking around the house. I was like, it's time to go. And then, yeah, so we called the hospital, because they were like every two and a half minutes and a lot more intense than what they were previously. And so I, was like, I can't last any longer, kind of, yeah, kept going to the loo because suddenly the body's just like, right, let's get rid of everything in here. And then we got to the hospital about half past three and there's just me just leaning over this sofa in, in the waiting room being like, oh God. Um, but then after being seen in triage, Realised actually, well they checked me out and I was three centimetres dilated. And they're like, right, that's that's really good, but you're gonna to have to go back home. And I was like, great. <laughs> I just wanted to cry at that point because I was like, this has got to be like full blown labour. Surely the baby's coming soon. And like, no, you'll go home, you'll labour, and you'll labour better at home, and you'll be able to come in. I was like, okay cool. And because also my surgeries were only lasting forty-five seconds, she's like, they need to last a full sixty. I was like, okay, midwife knows best. Let's do this. Um, so, and also like, Mike, she said, oh, I can see your waters are there as well. They're ready to burst. Oh god! So I had like one of those giant pads in the car, sitting to sit on. I was like, god, are they gonna go? I like, the going to go? So what if the waters go in the car? I was like, don't know. Do I jump out the car? Like, or would you just accept it and go home? So got home. And we've got two cats as well. So surges are coming in a lot stronger. And um, I'm just like leaning, rolling onto this ball on the floor in the lounge. And like, I've got two cats just staring at me. <laughs> and the next thing I know with one contraction, I just throw up all over the floor. And then the cat tries to come and eat it. Like, oh, no, this is horrible. <laughs> and then I think we managed to stay at home for like, it said to stay for two hours, but I think it got about an hour, 45. And I was like, I can't do this any longer. So went back to Kingston Hospital and then um, I'm in, in their reception room and there's a couple next to me who have obviously come in for a planned c-section and they're just sitting there nice and quiet because obviously she's not in labour there's me just being like Whoa! just like rocking for this hurts so much like in the middle of reception <laughs> and i just like I, I, I apologize like between contractions I'm so sorry I'm so sorry but it's so weird because like, everyone in the hospital just walks around as if it's not because it is normal <laughs> but, like it's not really it's not often you see a woman going into labor that, and like all the noises they make and everything <laughs> so um went in to triage got assessed again and they were like oh you're five centimeters right let's go start filling up the birth pool and um so I went in and I had a student midwife there as well um and I was just like, I sat down on the bed in there was they were doing, and then suddenly my bloody show came out, and I was like, This is normal, right? This is normal. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And they gave me the gas and air. And I, ideally, it was more comfortable standing up, but I just couldn't stand up with the gas and air. And I was like, There's no way my husband's going to hold me right now. So I was like, I'm just going to lie down. And then, um yeah, it just felt like forever as that pool was filling up because I remember her head was just above my pubic bone, and I could just feel this, like, searing pain. I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. But as soon as I got into that pool, oh, my God, it felt amazing. Suddenly, it just, like, relaxed. Um, obviously, the gas and air helped a bit as well. Although there was one point where she tried to t- switch the gas and air over to the new site, and it wasn't fully in, so I had a contraction without it, oh. which was interesting. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, so I was just in there, just like rocking forwards and backwards with the contractions. And then suddenly, like, it felt like my body wanted to push. And I was like, it wants me to push. And she's like, just go with it. And um, I was initially going through my throat. So I think I was forcing through the throat. She's like, no, no, send that down to your bum. I was like, what? And then I just sounded like I was trying to go for a massive poo the whole time. It's so weird. And... Um, and then I think not long after that we had oh see the baby's head just got a lot of hair I was like okay, and then the midwife went out to get another midwife. So she said we need to have two present at the birth, and um, they're like oh yeah not long to go. And my husband he said to me later like you, you kind of think oh not long but you hear births last for ages so you've probably got ages. But then next thing I know I'm being told to pick my baby off the bottom of the pool because. <laughs> well after literally had one push and then suddenly had two more contractions and then she was just out so my body just was like let's be getting this baby out now and um yeah just remember looking down and the first thing I'd said when I picked her up was she's ginger because (laughs) Charlie's got brown hair I've got brown hair both were born like had blonde hair as babies but I was like she's quite ginger I'm like where's this come from (laughs) but um yeah so just it was it was pretty magical and then we had the had a little cuddle Charlie cut the cord and then I went onto the bed to have the injection to get the placenta out um well Olive was passed over to my husband Charlie and she weed all over him <laughs> and he was like am I allowed to have a shower and looked at him was like you've done no work why do you want to shower he's like I'm just covered in piss I was like okay <laughs> but yeah and then yeah that that third stage labor took a bit of while my percent didn't want to come out which was and then I had a retained um membrane but yeah it was it was magical and then got checked out to see what damage had been done and I think that was because of working with women I thought that was the bit that I was really nervous about because she came out so fast I thought third degree tear or more like what's going on and um yeah labial and internal second degree tear and then I properly just cried because like it's all over that's it um but yeah it was it was magical because I actually had the birth I wanted which is so I don't say it was I find it's really rare I don't know but um like I was just yeah I think I was expecting the worst the induction like the induction was in the forefront so I was just grateful to have anything that wasn't that not that an induction is bad or anything, but I was kind of nervous around it. And um, yeah, it was just, it was just wonderful. And then, yeah, just got wheeled around in our COVID-free bubble, went through the hospital, back to the postnatal ward. And yeah, there we go.
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously. And 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey. <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Amazing. And it gives me goosebumps to hear because I just love the fact that you had such a positive and empowering experience. And it really is an experience, your birth, that does just stay with you forever, doesn't it? Like making those memories. And you must have just felt like the most beautiful, strong, and incredible woman in that moment when you had just birthed your baby. It
1: is, it is really empowering because you're like, I did that. And you look at it and you're like, that baby came out of me. It's like, you don't understand how it can do that, even though I know, like you see, that it, it, obviously it does happen. You're like, how the hell did that baby come out of there? And yeah. how the body knows what to do. That's the other bit because for age, for like your whole life, for like up until you you decide to get pregnant and, and have a baby, like your body just that part of the body just like lies dormant. And then suddenly, it's like right, we're going to push this baby out. You get contractions, and how it does that—it's just, it's mind-blowing. And yeah, you're just full of all those endorphins, and yeah, it's a pretty me. mean feat. Women are pretty powerful.
0: They are exactly and that's such an important message I think for any expectant mums listening is that no matter what your birth might look like so it might mirror ends or it might be really quite different from M's, but actually understanding your body and therefore being able to make really informed decisions about your birth and understanding mm-hmm. what your body's doing and how if you are experiencing any medical intervention how that is aiming to support your body in those processes really does help you to have a positive experience and your birth can be empowering and positive regardless of of kind of how that looks for you You should always feel that amazing superwoman feeling afterwards for sure yeah it's
1: yeah it's just amazing women are so strong there's no way a man could do that
0: (laughs) oh my goodness I would have been out of a job years ago and if it was down to men to give birth (laughs) yeah <laughs> oh women's bodies they just are amazing aren't they now and yeah. with your with your birth so obviously you did some of your labour process at home and um, and then some of that in the in the birth centre in the pool what was the environment that you created did you consciously create a certain type of environment or did it just kind of happen because it was quite speedy for you
1: so at home I just read that what make as much oxytocin as possible? So, should I watch Four Weddings and a Funeral? I think we like did a Hugh Grant marathon in the lead up to her birth. So, we we're like, about a boy, Bridget Jones, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, they're literally every Hugh Grant film possible. <laughs> great. Um, and yeah, dimmed the lights, but I can't let the like, lights dim the night time anyway. And yeah, I think I was quite, our home's quite relaxing anyway, a quite nice environment. And then in the hospital, to be fair, like, in the birthing suite it's all got fairy lights everywhere nice dim light it's just a really nice atmosphere my husband described it as like a posh hotel room he was like so um to be fair there wasn't really much and then the car journey I think we just put some nice chilled music on really so
0: that's amazing because actually it is creating that I always say you know like that Sunday afternoon kind of cozy yeah comfortable safe feeling and that's what you want for all the oxytocin. so like your dim lighting distracting yourself with a with a film that you've seen before so you don't have to concentrate on the plot yeah but it's just kind of familiar and and that warm fuzzy feeling is exactly what we want to create isn't it and that can happen in any setting so often women do start their labors at home like you so that's brilliant mm. and then that can transfer into a birth center or a delivery suite or even a theater setting if that's where mm. your birth ends up you know, that dim lighting, that music, fairy lights, all of those things that make you feel great, you, yeah. can, you can transport with you. Yeah. Which is yeah. amazing. Did you eat and drink throughout your labour, Em? <laughs> do you know
1: what? Birthing snacks or like, whatever, I just can't think, basically hospital bag snacks, there we go, yes. are the hardest thing to think of because you're like, <laughs> what do I want in that moment? And I stupidly, was like deliciously edible with like the, the nut butter in.
0: Mm.
1: I was like, I love those. That's quite healthy. It's got like energy in. Great. I'll get one of those. Obviously, I also had chocolate as well, but I was like, didn't really fancy chocolate. So I was like, right, grab me one of those. Could not eat it between contractions. <laughs> and it was because your mouth is so dry from the gas and air. You're just like, Whoa. so I had to like, just try and swallow it down before the next contraction. With the water. I was like, I can't do this. So didn't eat much during the birth. That night we had pasta and then, yeah, then like afterwards we actually ended up getting Wagamum's takeaway that evening. Because Brilliant. in Kingston, like the delivery is a lot better than around here where we are. So um, I made the most of that. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: definitely. I feel like a takeaway after you've birthed your baby is like a go oh, for those parents. That it's food, would never taste so good. <laughs> definitely a good shout. So how has postpartum life been as a a new mum and also as a business owner because I know you have taken a short period of time off but you've still been really really keen to keep in touch with your clients
1: yeah so god you know no one tells you how hard those I think first 10 days are after giving birth physically um I was really surprised um obviously your body's gone from having a baby like in it to just kind of being a little bit, bit empty and also it's birthed a baby out so and it's quite an extreme bit of exercise so um standing up for like up to 10 minutes would just exhaust me so you, you kind of just spend a lot of that time on the sofa um but i took it really easy in terms of recovery i really wanted to make sure that i was doing it properly because your body needs a lot of rest and recovery in those early days especially um so I had Charlie doing most of the nappies so I didn't have to get up all the time and like carry her um so yeah that was that was really tough but after that that first walk I went for was wonderful although I think we might have gone a little bit too far than I should have done and um I think I still had quite a bit of um, blood coming out. So I was like, oh my God, I've just wet myself walking. And then I, we went back and got back. I was like, oh no, just a load of blood. It's okay. <laughs> but um, but there is that as well. Um, So yeah, I found the struggle to adjust to not being able to do as much was hard because you're constantly, in those early days, especially, you're just constantly feeding and have a baby on you and you can't really do anything else because you just, yeah. So I really struggled with that as soon as I, especially as soon as I felt physically able to, I was like, this is really frustrating. I can't, there's only so much Netflix I can watch right now. Um, and then, yeah, the, but then I kind of, you kind of feel a bit more human as time goes on and that's, that's great. And you kind of find your feet and I think now we've kind of found our feet a little bit. I mean, I'm really lucky to have my husband around all the time, which is really handy. So we've learned that we each need time alone, time as a three and time as a two. So we're trying really hard to do that. Um, But again, like we've had moments where, yeah, dinner is one of us holding a baby, one of us eats and then we take it in turns. So it's all that kind of stuff. And then business wise, I mean, I was planning on, on not working until the end of February, beginning of March. But now with all this, I'm like well, I might as well start back at work a little bit earlier and then just see if I can do a bit more maternity leave later further down the line so I can actually enjoy some time with Olive. Um, So, I mean, with everything going on, I've just been staying active online, writing blogs, because there's so much to talk about, pregnancy and postpartum, and a lot of people are really interested in it. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, and then also planning a few things here because we've got things like glamping coming hopefully potential retreats and then also the studio that we've been doing like the next stage of development that so um that's been fun and that that kind of gives me that headspace to feel a bit more like me because yeah it's quite nice to have something to do but also try and
0: that's a really good point isn't it because it is really easy as a new mum to get completely caught up on your baby and of course we we want to treasure all those moments and do that but it is really important to look after you as well isn't it and do a little bit of something for you and to remember your identity
1: yeah I mean I think a three weeks postpartum I went and had a manicure and that was the last time the nail bars are open around here so um but that was wonderful
0: <laughs> but I'm not gonna be getting that
1: for a while I'll just have to let them grow out <laughs> yeah
0: yeah Oh, I really hope later on down the line, though, that like you said, you can then take a little mini maternity break and and go and have brunch with friends and get your nails done and do all those things you envisage in your maternity leave. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, and um, for anyone who is interested in your um, it's called the Barn K- KT Nine, isn't it? Your business. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the yeah the studio we've got is the Barn KT Nine um, and. That's the postcode, so it kind of just gives people an idea of where we are. Um, so we do uh personal training, small group training as well, mostly women focused, really, because that's who I work with. And although I've not kind of shut off the classes to men, it just seems to be who we've attracted, mm-hmm. which is which is lovely. Um, and then we also run a space for weddings here because we're still inside Greater London or like the London boundary but we're on a farm in Surrey which is which is lovely so yeah we've got glamping and then a few more exciting plans coming which I can't really talk about just yet okay. but um but yeah no it's, it's it's pretty wonderful
0: oh it sounds like an idyllic place to bring up Little Olive and I know just from seeing your Instagram you've got like a gorgeous fireplace haven't you and it just looks yes. beautiful <laughs> so amazing amazing And as I said, I'll link your Instagram in the the bio so people can check that out because it's amazing the work you're doing and that support for women is just so important. So, huge thank you. Thanks. Now, Em, I also noticed on your Instagram that you have seen a pelvic health physio or a women's health physio. Yes. Yes. How has that been? Because I'm a massive advocate for the fact that physio for women post birth or even in pregnancy, even better, should really be mainstream. Because if you had like a muscle tear to your, I don't know, your knee or hip surgery, you know, that kind of damage to a part of Mm. your body, you would have this like standard NHS physiotherapy sort of recovery process. But when it comes to birth and kind of perineal tears or cesarean wounds, it's a bit like, well, off you go. You just had a baby. You know, there isn't that.
1: I had a massive rant about this yesterday because I also had my six week check yesterday but um going back to women's health physio I think everyone should have a pelvic health check like it's so important because your body's been through a lot and too often women kind of just get on with things being like oh I'm meant to wee myself after birth or this is meant that I've had a baby so you know this is what happens now for the rest of my life and it's like no I had one 20 weeks pregnant as well because I just wanted to see that I was doing the pelvic floor okay and just to kind of assess um but yeah I had it a couple of days ago and it's just really handy because they look at you from like a musculoskeletal position as well so like checking like how your hips working back rotation like all that kind of stuff and glutes and core firing and then also test your pelvic floor and check for prolapse um and just talk about any other issues, um, which is just brilliant. I I think in, well, since posting about it, I think people in Bulgaria, Belgium, France and Austria all have pelvic health ingrained into their postpartum healthcare. Whereas here you get a call from the GP that pushes you being like, okay, so contraception. And I'm like, I've just given birth like six weeks ago the last thing I want to do is talk about contraception Um, and they just like people have messaged me saying I mean one was over the phone but people have messaged me saying there's in person like the doctors refuse to look at their stitches or check them out or check for diastasis or any of these things and I know GPs are have to have like a wide range of ideas it's just it's just a bit rubbish really because there's quite a bit of tie between depression and like pelvic floor dysfunction as well which is so like actually yes you get postpartum depression but there are things that may be causing that so it'd be good to get those nips in the bud and like women deserve more attention than that because if you broke your leg for example you'd get referred to a physio straight away regardless whereas oh you've had a baby Yeah, that's perfectly normal off you go
0: so, yeah you know. oh, and you're totally preaching to the converted I couldn't agree more it's so so important isn't it And I think as well I think we think of um pelvic health or women's health physics as just telling you how to do your pelvic floor but like you described it's so much more than that it's your mm. whole core connection it's your diastasis it is part of your pelvic floor but how that connects to all of other parts of your body you know even your breath it's a whole yeah. body um kind of mot isn't it in that postpartum period that's so so important so yeah, exactly it's great great to to touch on that and for for ladies who perhaps aren't sure how to navigate this if you look on the nhs squeezy directory you can search via your postcode for all of your local nhs and private pelvic health physios and um, so you can find a list on there but they are worth their weight in gold and we need to start raising raising the lid so that people know about them so thanks for sharing your story on that as well I know I threw you on the spot a little bit there
1: <laughs> yeah that's fine feel free to amazing spot. but yeah and also like the thing is it's not the most accessible thing in terms of cost mm. um which I think a lot is is, is an issue but if people do experience symptoms you can push for a referral so it is worth that but then there are also so many great tools out there as well that will help people rehab their pelvic floor and like give them more information and like all those wonderful women's health physios like Claire Bourne as well who you've had on your podcast like following them and like tests absorbing all their information is, is, is really handy.
0: Yeah Claire's amazing isn't she and she's on season 1 i think i want to say episode 4 or 4 or 5 but um yeah checking out her information she does loads of great stuff and she does videos about kind of scar massage in the postpartum mm. and all sorts as well so yeah that's one good thing i suppose that's come out of covid and is that people are putting so much more free resources out yeah. on, on the web so actually you can gather so much information really accessibly just making sure you get it from the right people i suppose that's
1: yeah beautiful. that's true actually
0: everyone's that an expert on instagram i know oh <laughs> now em, everyone that comes on the podcast I just asked for three top tips and I wondered whether you could share three top tips to an expectant mum or parent who is currently preparing for their birth
1: um this is a really tough question yeah. so <laughs> I was like, what do I want um so I think the first one for me I'm a bit of a neat freak um so I've put I'd say clean the house and kind of embrace that nesting feeling. Because if you're anything like me, you'll hate mess and coming home to a to a messy house. So like coming home to a tidy house after you've given birth is just and everything you're all just like, oh, this is really nice. Um, and also you really shouldn't have to or, or or you shouldn't ideally uh, lift a finger for at least a week or two postpartum so your body can fully recover and and rest because like hoovering is is a lot requires a lot from the body for example like you should not be hoovering for for a good few weeks um I think the second one I guess is don't buy too many cuddly toys or don't buy any it sounds really (laughs) strange but we have so many cuddly toys it's something I didn't think people would ever bias, but our room upstairs is overflowing with them, which is wonderful. And actually, do you know what? The generosity of friends and family is just incredible in those like when a baby comes along. Um and also like signing up to things like cook who do like a 10 percent new parents discount was amazing so we've we've had quite a few of those freezer meals like just don't expect to to cook anything elaborate in those first few weeks just get have all the nice ready meals on site um and then i think the third would be just enjoy the time as just the as just your, your new little family unit and um, although i really was like i really want to be able to see all my friends and everything and I saw two two or three friends in that time um, before when we were allowed to. Although it's lovely, it is absolutely exhausting. And I had one of my friends who came around, she was like, don't feel like you need to get dressed, put any makeup on, don't even feel like you need to shout or entertain me, like I can just turn up, drop the stuff off that I'm going to give you and leave. Like, because it is exhausting having to like kind of operate as a human in those early stages so just try not to expect too much from yourself and just understand that some days you won't get anything done like we've had washes in the washing machine that have been in there for three cycles and still not been hung out so it's just one of those things
0: yeah <laughs> um,
1: but yeah that's that's kind of my three top tips if you can call it that
0: Oh, I love that. And it is that thing, isn't it? It's getting rid of that perfectionism, sorting out your priorities and just looking after you and your baby and and nurturing those memories that you're making and getting rid of all that unnecessary pressure that we all put on ourselves as women, don't we? Exactly. Oh, amazing. Um, Thank you so much for letting me steal some time of yours and away from little Olive. I'm really, really grateful and I know that your story will really help so many women as they prepare for their birth to hopefully just feel a bit more relaxed and positive and proud of their bodies.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Pip. It's been lovely chatting. Oh, pleasure. You take care. You too, darling.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, then please hit subscribe and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference to the number of women we can reach out to and empower. For daily free information, inspiration or details on our bespoke antenatal education courses head over to my social medias at midwife underscore pip and my website midwifepip.com I would love to hear from expectant mums who have found this episode useful and wish to embrace further support on their wellness journey pop your details in the your pregnancy journey tab on my website and I will be back in touch.